This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. It is indeed time for the ball to go in the air. I love it. It's football season. Thanks for listening. It's the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Opening night is here. And before I tell you where my money's going, I'll let you know right now you get extra value this season with Bet Rivers Squares. You can win up to 10 grand. 10K in bonus money. What beats a bonus? 10 grand in bonus money. Bet 10 bucks. And same game parlays on any game with the squares icon. You earn a square and you can win up to 10 grand. Oh, man, it'd be nice to start with a bank of 10 grand tonight. That was just, you know, F you money. Don't care if it burns. It's got to last me the month of September. But 10 grand, where would your money go if you had $10,000 that you didn't need? I, I'd probably make 10 picks, maybe 15 bets, because I'd take some of those plus numbers and put a 1,000 on them, like the Minnesota Vikings to win the NFC North at plus 260. I'd put a G on that. Yeah, that'd be easy for me to do. I'd probably do a few player props. Would Justin Fields' touchdown passes be one of them? We'll get to the Bears and Packers in just a little bit. I'm excited about the Chiefs and Lions because the NFL season is here and it should be a real good game at Arrowhead Stadium. The defending champions, of course, a little bit thinned out, uh, as they say, and they have a veteran coaching staff that understands it is a 15-round heavyweight fight. It's, it's not a fight for the lights because America has football Woodrow on opening night. Andy Reid and the Chiefs have nothing to prove to the Detroit Lions. And the Lions, you know, you could argue have more to prove because a lot of us felt they didn't deserve this assignment, that it was a way over promotion of a football team that ran hot late last year and won enough games to get in, but only to disappoint. They, they get the wild card last year behind the Vikings in the north and uh, and go out in round one. And it's it's been 30-some years since the Lions won a playoff game. But here they are, the favorites. They're Bed Rivers. They're the favorite to win the north, plus 125. And uh, and their their number is is been it's been fluctuating. If the Chiefs are laying six or less. When I get down after I'm done visiting with you right now, as I'm recording this, it's lower than that. I'll play the Chiefs as many as six. I'll lay the six on the best player on the planet. Okay? I'll do that. I don't need Chris Jones for Patrick Mahomes to give the football to Isaiah Pacheco and Andy Reid say, hey, offensive line, go win the goddamn game for us because he's a smart man. You don't win two Super Bowls and and get to another with the Philadelphia Eagles and uh, and other accomplishments. He's one of the best coaches in the game's history, okay? End of conversation. 
after the double scoop last year for the son of Mike Holmgren. That's what I've heard Mike Holmgren refer to Andy. Reed. I'm going to have Mike Holmgren for you in just a couple of minutes. The former head coach of the Packers and the Seattle Seahawks is going to join me on the Bet Rivers podcast in just a few minutes. And it's been a long time since I've talked with Mike. I want to get his thoughts almost up exclusively on Bears and Packers over the years, his experience in the rivalry, and a few things about the way the game is being played today that may not be so good. Some of you are with me on, you know, the sour face, duck lips face, as my kids call it, on the Bears and Packers opening the season against each other. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's okay to put two high-profile teams against each other, not in the same division, on opening day. It's just not right because... Because they're not ready. They're not ready for that. Let's do a non-con game, can, shall we? What happened to the days when the Bears used to open with the Jaguars at Soldier? They lost that game to the Jaguars in the uh, in the late 90s. If you remember, uh, the Jimmy Smith game. There he is, streaking into the north end zone again. It's Jimmy Smith, number 82 in Jaguar teal. Yeah, you can tell I've got some jump in my step. So I'm going to get to Mike Holmgren in just a few minutes. A guy who should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Went to two Super Bowls with the Packers. Went to another with the Seahawks. He took a Seattle franchise that had not won a play, went gone to a playoff in 10 years, and they go in their first year. And he gets to a Super Bowl with Matt Hasselbeck as quarterback. Okay, Didn't have Brett Favre. Got there with Matt Hasselbeck. He's 13 and 11 in his postseason career, Mike Holmgren. That's pretty good. Dick Vermeil got enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame a few years ago, and he has 25 or so fewer total career wins than does Holmgren. And he went four and eight in the playoffs. Dick Vermeil. He got enshrined. Mike Holmgren's still waiting. And then I'll do some Bears and Packers and some season thoughts for you on both. And maybe if time allows, I'll squeeze in just a little bit of Cubs conversation. I can't stop myself. It's more about interviews during the game than it is the Cubs. The ball is going in the air in just a few hours. And if the television crew is doing its job professionally, it will treat Football America to the video of young Andrew Reed in the punt, pass, and kick competition when he was wearing a Los Angeles Rams jersey number 34. He had a mustache. He tired, towered over everybody else. I think he was 12. I've been trying to find f- video of Mike Holmgren that is similar, but all I can find is this dashing young quarterback wearing jersey number seven at USC. Mike, you were, should I say, debonair suave i can't find any embarrassing old video or photos of you no i think i think those words uh, sum it up nicely suave that's good i used to have a lot of hair and uh, it, it was kind of wavy yeah it was good but you know what andy in that video you mentioned about andy i showed that one night saturday night before a game surprised everybody and showed that video and, and i said who is this and they said they, they had no idea I said, turn around, Andy, stand up. That's Andy. Oh, it was it was a highlight of their weekend, I think. <laughs> I, you know, he seems to really be enjoying himself, and we're you're coaching one of the best, and you can relate to that. It it, it makes life easier. But 
I just maybe I'm deflecting my own life these days, but I would love to see him walk away after this year and just smell the roses a little bit and enjoy life. Has your life gotten better since you walked away? You know what? It it has. It, it really has. Because I have, you know, I've got nine grandkids. I I've got time for them. Uh, I miss some stuff with my own children because I, the coaches schedule is crazy as you well know and uh now i get to make up for lost time i'm, I'm kind of looking at it that way so yeah and you know kath and i've been married a long time and, and we get to travel all that good stuff and i um i miss the players i miss calling the game on sunday that was really fun for me um but there's a lot of stuff i don't miss you know dan and so yeah i don't look back i had a, i was very fortunate and had a, a lot of fun coaching i did something i loved but now, now I'm in the kind of the fourth quarter, and it's going good. Give me a quick list of those things you don't miss, and you don't have to elaborate. But I, I would guess you could do rapid fire and program a few seconds here. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I I, I don't miss, uh, uh, and and now I'm part of it because I'm on the radio here in Seattle, as you know. And uh, but I don't miss uh, the press. I had some good friends there, but I don't the give and take there. Yeah, uh, I don't miss particularly after we lost. I, I was I was not the nicest guy in the world in those press conferences, and the late the hours. You know, uh, you, you, I didn't when it was the Forty ers I didn't go home for the first couple nights of the week every year or every season because it was a long drive and I had to be back at six and all that kind of stuff. So I don't miss that. I don't miss the paper plate dinners, grabbing this and that, and you know. But I do miss the people. You know, I love my coaches. I love my players. But, uh, no, I didn't miss that. I don't miss that other stuff. I think, Mike, what my listeners want to hear you talk about today as much as anything is the rivalry between the Bears and the Packers. And you were a part of it for a long time. And you were there when Green Bay flipped its fortunes because seldom have both teams been good at the same time. 92, when you and Brett Favre take the reins in Green Bay, talk about what it was like rebuilding the Packers' culture to get it at that point to the same level Mike Ditka had taken the Bears for nine years. Yeah, you know, you go in and you read about it uh, all the time, a new coach going into a team, and you use that phrase, I'm rebuilding the culture. What does that mean? You know, it that. Uh, uh, when I went in there, they had not uh, won very much in, for a lot of years. I'd come from San Francisco where I learned from Bill Walsh. And it, um, hello, you know, it, <laughs> we're getting another phone call here. Uh, it was uh, how, to, how to do things. Um, and so uh, it was, I, I, that's what I tried to implement with the Packers and how you practice, how you study. Uh, your expectation level as a team, uh, uh, operating with mutual respect for each other. Uh, and, and so, and then obviously you have to change some of the personnel because some guys don't buy in. They'll just say, listen, we did it a lot this way. I'm used to it. And then you have to make changes. Parcells told me that once when we were in one of our conversations, he goes, you go into a new place, you, you make some dramatic changes. And then everyone opens their eyes and they know what's going on. So, but uh, getting Favre in there and uh, uh, Ron Wolf, of course, was was great with me. He allowed me to, a lot of freedom. And uh, yeah, it was fun. I want to ask you about one of those guys on that first team, uh, Chuck Cecil. 
And you don't win without great players. I don't know if Charlie would be considered a great player, but man, what a heart and soul guy. And when you guys lost to the Bears 30 to 10 in mid-October, I was in your locker room afterward, and I watched that son of a bitch just sit with his gear on and for a half an hour, not talking to anybody. And I got to know him a little bit over the years. Man, what a competitor. And I just couldn't help but think what a great guy to have as a teammate or as a player. I just uh, a, a tremendous football soul, if that's not too corny. No, it's not too corny. And he said it very well. And he, he, uh, you know, in those days, uh, and I'm old, so I, I, the, the hitting and the type of hitting and the type of things safeties could do. And you're talking about Chuck. He was a, he was a, he he knock you he knock you out. He he'd go after you hard, and um, as it affected his career quite honestly because he had certain concussions and different things. But the game was a little different there. The rules weren't quite the same. But not only that, how he played the game, but emotionally how he felt, and he was he was quite a leader. He was one of the guys I relied on when I first got there, and uh, we weren't together for a long long time. But, yeah, he, he was a great guy. And then he had a great coaching career, too. One of, uh, one of the things that I always will remember about the 90s Bears-Packers, and it continued into the, the next 20-plus years, not so much on Mondays, but anytime they play in the national lights, it's usually a tough putt for the Bears. How vividly do you remember the Halloween game of 94 at Soldier Field when the rain was coming down sideways and Butkus and Sayers had their jersey numbers retired yeah. and you yeah. guys just trounced my boy Dave Wanstead mercilessly. I think it was 34 to 6 or something like that. Yeah. Wow. What do you remember about that night? Well, I remember I remember it very well. That was the worst weather game. Listen, I was in some cold games in Green Bay. That was the worst weather game I've ever coached in. I remember, Dan, the first – Dave, uh, for the first time I can remember, he chose to kick off. He didn't chose to receive the ball. And in those days, everyone – you won the toss, you got the ball. He chose because the wind was blowing sideways so badly that, you know, he, he – and it was the right thing to do. So we were three and out, I think, or something early. And our punter kicked a beautiful spiral. I mean, just couldn't have kicked it any better, and it went 20 yards. And then if we're kicking, that was into the wind. If you're kicking with the wind, and so on and so forth. So we finally, we, we, we hung in there for a couple of series till we flipped. We flipped sides, and now I had the wind. And, uh, no, it was, it was really something. I, it, the weather was so bad, but then we, Edgar Bennett, if you remember, was our running back. And he always had, he had the ability in on a bad field and bad weather to really have more traction and perform. That those were his best games for he did it. I don't know exactly how he did it, but he did it. And so, yeah. And and Dave and I were good friends, you know. But uh, listen, the Bear Packer thing. When I first got to Green Bay, a quick story. I, when I first got to Green Bay, I went out for lunch. Kathy wasn't there yet. I was still in the office across the street to a market. I went in there to get some sandwiches and stuff. I've got the cart and I'm going down the aisle and here's a little old lady. Could have been my grandmother, 80 years old. She's coming at me with the cart. I moved to the left. She moves to the right. I moved to the right. She, so she, I can't get by her. She's blocking my way. Hey, California, you're the new coach, right? I said, yeah. introduce myself. She goes, 
nice to meet you. But aside from all that, I got to tell you one thing. He goes, the only game you have to win is against the Bears. You've got to kick there. And she used this language. I go, gee, this is my grandmother. What's going on here? But that was typical. That was typical of the, uh, and I said, I'll do my best. <laughs> oh. That's outstanding. Uh, yeah, you know, Wisconsin is not for everybody. I, I'm one of those guys who raises his hand immediately. When are we going next? I love the fish. I love cheese. And I like the people for the most part. Was it was it a difficult adjustment for a California guy to uh, <laughs> to, to settle in in Green Bay? It's not for everybody. No. In fact, uh, uh, you know, when I was with the 49ers, uh, they before free agency, Coach Walsh, indirectly, they threatened guys, listen, you screw up, we're trading you to Green Bay. That was the deal. We were sending you to Never Never Land, you know. Then when I fly in to my first interview, the weather was really bad. I'm thinking, well, this is different. And then, uh, but, but having said that, when I got there, the people are wonderful. And like you said, and the, the Wisconsin, there's, there's a lot of things there. The fish fries on Friday night. There's a big little bars, and you go in there and you have a person you eat, chew an onion and you, all this kind of stuff. But they have a great time. And honestly, if you're a visiting fan and you go to a game there at Lambeau, you're not treated poorly. You're teased a little bit, but those people are really re respectful of the game. And uh, my, our time there was special. My kids, my two of my daughters went to graduate from high school there. The people were great. No. It's, it was a wonderful experience for me. I want to ask you about the Bears and Packers opening this season. Uh, this, this has been a new NFL tradition in recent years. We're seeing a lot of it. We got some really meaningful games this weekend. The, the Bills and Jets are playing. The Bears and Packers are playing. Cleveland and Cincinnati. Is that the right way to do it with guys not playing much in August and not being able to hit each other because of the CBA? I don't think so. That's but there's a lot of things that happened recently that I don't agree with. You know, I was on the competition committee for a long time, and we fought for certain things. The coaches on that committee, and and this, a couple things in your first game of the season, whoever you play, you're not you don't really know the other team really because it's new and 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 you got new players and everything. So you really want when you in the Bear Packer game, you want to be at your very best. Both sides do. They want to know the opponent. You want to scout them. You want to be ready. It's too big a game. And I understand television now runs our lives and money runs our lives. But, no, I, I don't think it's a good thing. Plus, they don't play. You're right. They don't play. The, the Rams didn't play any of their starters for three games. So now they're playing a big game against the Seahawks this weekend. But I don't know how uh, the Packers did it or the Bears did it. But it's really different. So I would have rather, if I would rather play your big time opponent like that, your number one rivalry, after in the after a few games. I'm wondering, Mike, if one of the things that you wouldn't mind seeing tweaked, um, and I'm with you on everything you just said about opening weekend. Uh, too important. You only get 17 of these. If running backs should be something that's that's discussed with the union because they were at a real disadvantage. I use the word oppressed and people say, well, you don't know what oppressed means. And I said, yes, I do. I used it very carefully at their position. They are oppressed athletes. 
I, I, I don't know if, if you have a, a disdain for it. I've not heard you talk about this or seen anything that you've said written uh, about this scenario, but running backs and holdouts and guys being treated like they're just part of the gear, it's, it's nauseating to some of us who happen to be fond of the running game. What do you think? No, I, I think it's uh, some of the stuff, when I read it, I, I, I kind of shake my head. How, do, how does this happen? Jonathan Taylor is a good example for me that's happened recently. You know, he's really, he's earned, they earn their money. They earn their money. So you don't pay the running back less because he's a running back and all that. There's these, I used to get in very serious discussions with our money people on how to take care of people. And I say, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear the, 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 this is what he's done these things for us. He deserves to get paid. And so, yeah, I, 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 but having said that, it appears as though that the running back position is looked at a little differently, uh, it seems to me now. Uh, but the other change is that the, I used to have a running back, you know, Sean Alexander. He, he was the guy, he's playing. When he'd get tired, he'd raise his hand and put in someone else. I wouldn't get, okay, you got 14 snaps. The next guy's got 10. We're going to kind of do it that way. That's been a change too, because now a lot of teams have two running backs. Uh, they have a number one and number two, but they kind of split time and do all that kind of stuff. No, as long as he's, as long as he can run, he's okay. In fact, there were times he'd raise his hand and I'd, I just wave him off. I go, no, 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 put your hand down, take a couple of breaths. You're staying in the game. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, he, but, but I hear you. I absolutely hear you. And I agree with you. I was uh, I was going to ask you, I do want to ask you a story about the good kid, John Yurkovich, the former Packer, my uh, my former showmate. You were uh, you were lucky enough to be his head coach. I his first NFL gig. He was on the practice squad for Don Shula, then got to play for you before going to Jacksonville. And I was lucky enough to be the first lead host uh, air quotes uh, on a radio program. And he's been doing it for 22 years now. He told me a funny story. Uh, about you when I don't know why he would be on on kick return it certainly wasn't a hands outfit although he fancied himself as a great athlete and he picks up a ball that was kind of squibbed and he runs 30 yards before he's tackled he's proud of himself and he runs back to the Packers sideline and he he told me you said that was a great return. Nice going. But if you do it again, just keep running when you get back to the <laughs> sideline. What, what good dirt can you give us on the self-proclaimed good kid, number 64 in green and gold once upon a time? Well, you know what? Uh, you know, and I've been on your show and his show a few times. It was great to hear his voice. He, he, um, he, first of all, he was, a, he, he was an outstanding football player. Now he's, he was, he was a little shorter and, uh, you know, but he was a nose tackle and he played, that's the position. That's what they did in those days. But then, then Reggie White came in and we had Sean, we had got bigger guys and he was like the, but he was the guy in the room, in their room that could make them all laugh, that could make them take to relieve the pressure, relieve the tension. You know how goofy he is. I mean, he's got a great sense of humor. Um, he, one day, he, I'll, I'll tell you what, one day we, we came out, and it was a particular, we we're going through a, a tough stretch and I was, I was tense and I was, so, and I'm kind of getting the team together and I'm in, 
And all of a sudden he ran onto the practice field, not late, but he ran onto the practice field. And we had a dumpster there on the sideline. And he came running on the field and dove into the dumpster. He dove into the dumpster, get, uh, you know, stuff flies out of the dumpster. The guys, they start, they they drop to their knees. They're laughing so hard. He comes out. He's got garbage on his head. He goes, okay, am I late for practice? You know, and he, and, but he had that knack, as you well know. Uh, but he was a really fine football player. And But he went to, I think, believe he went to Jacksonville. I think he went to Jacksonville. Yes. And it was a money thing. And, uh, you know, he, he made some more money. got to play some more. Because we had changed. We had kind of changed the defense we were running. But, uh uh, I don't know. Is is he still? Let me ask you this: Is he still doing stuff with you? Uh, I don't work with him anymore, but I I get see I'm kind of in the in the semi cruise control mode in my early sixties. He's still grinding it out okay. every grinding out two hours. Some of okay. it he's awake for. Uh, I could tell you stories about <laughs> him fifteen minutes in an, into an interview passing me a note on his sheet. Who are we talking to? I mean, he's. <laughs> He's a gem, but he, he's he's still around, and I, I still get to see him every every now and again. Mike, as we let you run, and it's always great catching up with you. I look forward to, to listening to you when I'm listening to Seahawks radio this year. I love my Sirius XM around the NFL. There's some very good crews. Looking forward to hearing some of that, and I, I hope Geno Smith can repeat what he did a year ago, one of the great stories in the league. Do you have any outlandish predictions for the upcoming season? Anything that you know, you, you just something you're not going to find anywhere you look today. Well, the Bills, it's their turn to get back to a Super Bowl. Something that not many people may have on their radar that you've got picked for us. Well, I, 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 I the teams I know, I know the Seahawks. Uh, I always pull for my adopted son, Andy Reid, you know, to do well, and he's done very well. But, you know, to your point earlier, I just want to say one thing to have him win again and then walk off into the sunset. I would applaud that. I hope he does that because he's, you know, he's got a couple of things going in injury wise with his legs and things like that. And I, I, I want him to stay healthy and enjoy life. You know, having said that, I think the Seahawks people are saying they're going to be better, but I think they're going to be even better than that. You know, they have no holes on offense, their defense. There's a couple of things that I'm not quite sure about on defense, but the division Arizona is not, they're not, I don't know what's happening there. The Rams, I think, without Cup and stuff, it's a different deal. And the 49ers are going to be good. So I think it's a two-team division, quite honestly. And the Seahawks are going to go far. I don't think that, that shocks anybody, but how far they go, I think, might. Who wins the NFC North, Mike? The NFC North, I think, uh, the Packers. Although Detroit, you know what, we'll get an idea. We'll get an idea tonight or tomorrow night, about Detroit. You know, he's done a good job there. Goff is playing well again. And uh, so we'll see. But I I think the Packers, you know, it's as you know, Dan, it's tough to beat the Packers in Green Bay. It's tough. It had been some years since I had a chance to talk with Mike Holmgren, the, the former Packers and Seahawks head coach. Uh, spent some time with me Wednesday afternoon as I was getting ready for today's podcast. It was great to catch up with him. He lives in Seattle, man. I'd, I'd love to live in Seattle. Uh, I think some people who know me know that about me. 
I don't love the Seahawks this year, however. I don't love really anybody in that division. That's a real curious division to me. And Nick Boson not being a part of the 49ers start to the season this weekend will pass. They'll, they'll get that done. Just as other holdout situations will get done, it's it's frustrating for these teams that are playoff expectation teams like the Niners. Why, if you're the Niners, why wouldn't you think you're the division favorite? And with the uncertainty of what's going on with the Rams because of injuries and how much Aaron Donald, there's a lot of a lot of things about that division I don't like. What I like about the Bears and Packers playing this weekend is that at least there will be a quick build to week two because the expectation, because it affects both teams hugely. You are, because you're not expected to compete based on odds. You think you can win, and I'm sure the members of the Bears think they can win a division. I think the Packers play. There's no one in that division that just leaps out at you. Oh, my God, we got to chase them. Look at that. Who's going to tackle Godzilla? Uh, You know, the favored Lions aren't freaking Godzilla. The Vikings certainly aren't with their defense. And that defense that's probably lost more players than it's gained. And what do they do in the first round? They go augment the passing attack with a receiver out of USC. Addison Jordan or Jordan Addison. I'll I'll get it committed to memory after week one, I promise. Or I'll find myself. I'm taking the Vikings. You know, back to the start when I said, if I had a grand right now today, Minnesota Vikings to win the NFC North at plus 260. If I had a piss away grand, that's where it's going. And again, get get extra value this season with that River Squares. Went up to 10 grand in both. Bonus money, bet 10 bucks, just 10 bucks. Same game, parlays, any game with the squares icon. Do it with the squares icon to earn yourself a square, and you can win up to 10 grand. I'm going to go easy this weekend until I see how it shakes out. I, I will bet on coaches in week two. Coaches loom large for me here in week one as well. And not having had a chance for any of us, any of us, if you think you know how teams are, how they're, positioned right now other than what you've read and heard about their health you're kidding yourself you don't know play it's not american not to play i you know i will sleep with with my bet rivers golf shirt on all weekend uh, probably because i'm not going to shower i'm coming off of hernia surgery by the time this gets to you i will be in surgery on a double hernia so i'm going to wear that all weekend and be happy about it and be wagering and gaming responsibly because uh, I, I, just like I said earlier about Andy Reid not being stupid in tonight's opener, I'm not going to be stupid with a long season ahead, 18 regular season weeks and then playoff season. And so uh, if you have a budget, and I always encourage people to have a budget, I piss it away in September. That's stupid. That's just stupid. I don't know whether Justin Fields is going to improve as a passer this year or not. If he doesn't, then my hope would be the Bears are smart enough not to redo him during the regular season and use the Carolina Panthers pick, which should be a top five on a quarterback next year if one is there. If one isn't there, you go find yourself a pass rusher. 
with the top pick, second pick in the draft next year, assuming where Panthers finish, because that's what that's the only thing Ryan Poles missed. And yeah, it's a huge miss, but he was replacing how many positions, uh, especially defensively. I mean, the guy had some work in front of him and he got almost all of it done in an offseason. So I give him credit for that, even though without a pass rusher, you're not a Super Bowl threat. I don't think the Bears are a Super Bowl threat with this roster. Uh, you you give Justin Fields a year of yeah, market improvement, took 60% completion percentage and turned it into 68, took 17 TD passes and added a 10-pack of them, reduced his sack rate radically, didn't feel the, the need to tuck it away so much and run when he didn't have the opportunity, was more selective and didn't take bad hits, didn't take more abuse than he needed to, felt pressure better. Those things, you know, if they have what I think they might have in Roshan Johnson, he's going to have help anyway. Here's my prediction on the Bears. By week six, Roshan Johnson's your starter at tailback. I think he's going to be a stud. I think there are going to be several rookies this year in the NFL who grow, jump up and say, okay, there they go. That's why these teams aren't drafting these running backs high. They don't want to pay him, number one. And number two – you got guys who make that step between 20 and 22 years old or 21 and 23. It's weird how this position is just such a short shelf life these days. And guys can kick the shit out of the league as young players. Remember Kareem Hunt in 17 in Kansas City? What a, a, a meteoric start to his NFL career, which hasn't really flourished much after the first year and a half, two years with the chiefs. So um, I I'm, I'm bullish on the bears. I think the bears are a nine win team. Some people say that's, that's, you know, way too high of an expectation. Why would it be that you had 120 mildo in salary cap space? You spent it pretty decently. You drafted. Okay. You made a good trade for DJ Moore. You, your staff has been here a year now. You don't play a world beater schedule, and last year was a freaking tank year. You lost, you won three games kind of by design. You didn't, you took it on the chin. We're willing to do that, and and get rid of big contracts. I mean, it was smart from a GM standpoint what they did to get here. But so I I don't look at the three wins uh, with anything other than an asterisk. It's a tank year as far as NFL tanking. NBA you can do it by players not giving a shit because they're insured work. NFL, they're not. So it has to be done administratively in the NFL. It's a different type of tank. And the Bears did that to get here, and that was smart, and I expect them to win nine games. And if they start six and two, why wouldn't I raise the bar from there? Because expectations should change. When a team starts to develop regular habits, regular behaviors, if they're good ones, like you see from Cubs roster this year, um, then the bar gets raised. So I'm going to take uh, the Bears, but I don't do it with a ton of conviction this weekend. If the Bears are only a one-point favorite, I'll lay it. I don't think I'll go higher than a point, point and a half on Chicago. I'm going to play the over in the game. As of the date of the time of this recording, the total is 43. Um I'll play it as yeah. I'll play it at, up a tick if I have to. If it's if it's moved from when I started yapping uh, to 44, I'll still go over. Uh, 
I think both defenses are going to struggle. Justin Fields is goddamn good. He's going to have some huge plays. DJ Moore is going to get get going. I think it's going to be a fun day for the Bears offense. I expect Cole Komet to take even another step this year. He might have a nice day. And Green Bay, we'll see how good their defense is. Maybe it'll be great. Some people think it can be great this year. Oh, and we'll see. We'll see. And we'll see if Jordan Love is as good as I think he can be this year. I think it was way premature to step on this guy's neck. Uh, not so much last year, but in his first season. And he was dreadful when he first got Most guys are. Most guys do piss down their leg when they're playing in their first NFL game. It's an NFL game, idiots. Uh, so I expect them to score some points too. And I think Christian Watson, some think he's going to be a bust this year. I think he's going to be okay. Um, and I, I respect their coach. He won 13 games in, what, his first three years in Green Bay? 13, 13, 13. That's pretty damn good. Pretty good. So have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. I will be back Monday. Uh, and again, uh, it, it's, 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 gonna, it's so good to be doing this at least twice a week. And I encourage you to email me. Um, my email address is Danny Mac podcast at Gmail. And uh, I'll get your thoughts on, on opening weekend as well. I, I am stoked for the jets and the bills this weekend. Follow me on social media at Danny Mac show on Twitter, lovely Twitter and Facebook. Of course, I'll be making my picks uh, Sunday or, or sooner. I'll have plenty of NFL and maybe even some college football thoughts what in the world are they doing at Ball State University? I hope by the time uh, I take these headphones off, I learned that Cubs manager David Ross has issued an edict that there will be no more in-game interviews with any of his outfielders or infielders or pitcher catcher this year when the team's on defense on marquee. It, 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 it bit him in the ass the other night. Cody Bellinger playing center field answering a repeat question, trying to hear Boog Shambi repeat the dopey question. Uh, I can't, what was asked of Jock Peterson? Uh, how do you feel about Jock Peterson? What's he mean to you? And he didn't hear it. So Boog repeated it and the balls rocketed over his head and off the wall. And he made a crummy throw and he said that, and, and they shouldn't be doing that. That's for the all-star game. Hopefully David Ross took care of that today. Tell me he did. Adam Delavitt is the big boss at Bet Rivers. Thank you, Adam, for all of your loyalty over the years. Thank you, Sam Michael, my executive producer, who should be dancing in the streets of Highland after the Chiefs post their six, six point seven point win tonight. They're going to cover. They're going to cover. I know they're going to cover. So he'll be happy about that. Randy Merkin, thank you for getting us Mike Holmgren, Alex Pastor, for your help in social media, and Troy Mocker for all of the research you get me. Have a great first weekend of the season. Time to lift the lid. Who's going to be the first to do the safety dance this weekend? Talk back to you. Talk back to you. I'll get back to you to say what you've been got going on. On Monday, have a great weekend. It's the Macker checking out all excited. I'm going to go shower. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.